Hello, you're listening to Art Grime Podcast, coming to you from under the floorboards in Manhattan's Upper East Side. I'm your host, Marshall Jones. I'm Kim Power. And I'm Tun Tova. <laughs> Today, we I drank way too much Jameson, and I actually bought a bottle of Pinot Grigio for myself, and I think Kim tried to take a couple of sips from me, and I had to fend her off. You were very fancy with your pedo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we talked to Joseph Grazi, and Joseph, my God, what an entertainer. I was so impressed with, with how much thought and care he puts into his work. He's always reading stuff, reading Steven Pinker, reading Jared Diamond, listening to Sam Harris, and I think all that makes him pretty unafraid to jump right into some really hot-button issues. So on this podcast, he gets into it. Um, really fascinating, really said a lot, and was super entertaining. So I uh, hope you enjoy it. Thanks yeah, for thank coming. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for coming. coming uh, what did you say? Up to the country? Did you say that? Oh, yeah. It's like we're upstate. <laughs> upstate. Upstate, yeah. Thanks for that or some Game of Thrones of north of the wall. <laughs> he's, he's criticizing us all here, Kim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's nice up here, though. You're oh, above, yeah. You're above us it all It is snowing outside. That's the joke. Is it really snowing? Yeah, but it's not snowing in Brooklyn. Oh. No, it's like 90 degrees in Brooklyn. But today. you know the difference here? They sweep the roads here right when a snowflake falls. It's clean. It doesn't even land. It doesn't De Blasio land. just catches each one. <laughs> yeah, he's out there with And dumps it in Brooklyn. That's the arrival. Secretly. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> My bodegas don't close. Is that where your studio is in Brooklyn? In Bushwick, yeah. Okay. Or cool. Bed-Stuy, depending on how much you're trying to charge that year. Uh, or how much cred you want. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> well, they both got cred. Bushwick less so now. You think so? I think so. I lived in Bushwick, yeah. I imagine it's like Bed-Stuy to the girls and Bushwick to... Well, no, it's funny because Bed-Stuy. it really just depends what side of Bushwick Avenue you live on. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, you can, like, right? it's a, te- you know, it makes no... It's same with uh, Queens. You right. can live in a part of Queen, uh, Bushwick if you're one block over, you live in Queens. Ridgewood at that right. point, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I'm so where did, where did you grow up, though? Flatbush. Flatbush, oh, which Flatbush. is a neighborhood, or Midwood, it's a neighborhood that you'd never go to unless you knew people there. The, there are, for instance, like, uh, there's one bar where I grew up, but okay. it's You grew up in the bar? Alcoholics. It's not, <laughs> like, you don't <laughs> go there to meet cool people or artists. It's, like, for alcoholics that are avoiding their family, and, like, if they don't know you, it's one of those, like... You know, the vinyl interruption, like, who are you? Or, I'm take kindly to your kind, but in a thick Brooklyn accent or something. I don't know. $5 beer and Yeah, and we have, really, I would say the only thing that Flappish is famous, or like my neighborhood's famous for. The Lord's? Is Defara's Pizza, okay. which is this hole-in-the-wall pizza place. It's the only unkosher slice you could find, because my whole neighborhood is Jewish for the most part. Okay, that's oh, okay. Um, is that by a choice? Jewish and Hispanic, but I don't know if Spanish people eat as much pizza as Jews. Jews love pizza, but they don't eat at Tafaras. But he is, I almost want to say nationally, if not internationally rated. Yeah, I'll say internationally because America does pizza best. We sure. Do, right? This yeah. is great to hear it's because, a, we do. I mean, it's New York like the greatest is where you go for pizza, right? By pizza aficionados in the world. Tafaras? It's, it's the most expensive slice in America. I think it's $5 really? for a base slice. Wow. It's this old guy, Dominic Tafara. Barely holds shout out to Defara. The, 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 the <laughs> slice. He doesn't need to shout out because it's a, it's a four-hour line 
You can't wow. call ahead. Oh, my God. They're only open three days a week, and they close what? three to four times a day. What time do they oh open? Oh, my God. To I'm make going it I've never had a slice <laughs> unsold, and you can't order an advance or anything like that. I mean, it's really... That's insane. It's an anomaly. And or he flaunts pizza. his recipe. He flaunts his recipe, but I think, like, he's in his 80s. It. When he when he passes, that'll be it. Huh. He can't... Uh. He has... Wait. So to, to, he has a real brick oven as opposed to an oven with bricks inside. Right. And that has to be grandfathered in. So oh, he's had that, that since oh, like Oh, because the it would be illegal uh, now? Yes, yes. It'd be some fire code violation. Oh, wow. wow. So you could have an oven with bricks on the inside, but it's not a real brick oven. It doesn't get that hot. So his crust is perfect. I mean, everything's perfect. It's all imported. He grows. Everything's either imported or it's grown there. Holy um, shit. Damn, now I want pizza. It's really amazing. From there. Yeah. From, <laughs> it's Defaras? Defaras. Yeah. So you grew up in Flatbush. As a hitman, yeah. As a hitman. Yeah. Oh, clearly. cats and furnaces. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but for Which every cat I throw in a furnace, I raise two. <laughs> so, well, that, you know, that's, I, okay, that's karma. That's fine, right? Yeah. I think it all is equal. There. Yeah. That yeah. does speak to later controversy. And I eat, in and your I eat life the cat. I eat the cat that I kill. So it's like, what, you know, yeah, because oh, I yeah. just saved a cow's life. What's the You and Alice Cooper, right? There was an article going around the internet. Someone on Facebook shared it, and I was reading it, and it was some. Science teacher in middle America that's under all this heat because he fed a puppy to one of his huge snakes. And of oh, course, I go, oh, a monster. God. And I'm like, dude, so like, break it down. What did he do wrong? I From think- a non emotional <laughs> perspective, tell me what he did wrong. How cute was a puppy? Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think Why is the puppy worth so much more than a rabbit? There. The puppy's not even a real animal. Well, the judge, okay, you told me it was a wolf you. cub. That's a real animal. But a dog is just a, a very, very deformed inbred wolf. <laughs> no, literally, they're the same species. They well, because it's heritable. And a wolf can mate and have, and have uh, viable offspring. Because it's heritable traits that would alter a wolf to a dog through breeding. Right. As yeah. like, I think I forget who I was listening to, but they were saying like, Dogs are really just kind of bitch ass wolves, like non aggressive wolves that were, were started hanging around and we tolerated them and now they look like French. Well, there was that, but, they, also, they, don't, but don't they're they still a hundred percent wolves. Don't they have that look though? That, like, I, I think that I read an article somewhere where dogs also have that look that makes us connect with babies. So there's that kind of... Babies are definitely but, man-made. Babies are scary, yeah. right? I mean, I'm no scientist, but I'm pretty sure. But no, no but you I mean, can... But there are dog that, breeds that, that look so close to wolves that, like, I've seen people walking in the city. It's like, if that's not a wolf, then I've never seen No, one. to answer your question, right. Kim, there was that Russian scientist around 1850s who you could not do this test anymore because he was murdering... He was taking foxes and... Another serial killer. He was clearly not domesticated foxes. (laughs) Not domesticated foxes, taking them, breeding them, off based on heritable attributes. Again, the most docile, the ones with the longer ears, shorter teeth. He would mate those, and within very few generations, foxes breed really quick. So within a matter of like five years, you would basically have a dog. Yeah, yeah. It was just like to to your point. I mean, at what so point docile. do you get to call it a right. dog is the question. Yeah, that's right. Or at what point do you get to call it a breed? Uh-huh. Who says, you know, let's say I take a German shepherd and a, a collie and I mate them and I'm like, no, no, no. 
this is the new breed. Right. Well, like, there's this whole, deter- breed's not there's a real the whole thing. labradoodle thing. It's now, all right? bastardization. Right. But Joe, jo, this feeds right. A into... wolf is a, a gray wolf, <coughs> or an Arctic wolf is 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 a species. So a poodle is the same species, but I'm saying a breed is is completely. Um, almost aristocratic, like, no, no, that's purebred and that's not, but it's like, well, then I'm just going to say, like, like tradition, you know, well, oh, you do fireworks on July 4th? Nah, my tradition is July 6th. Well, you don't get to do that. Well, from now on, my family does July 6th fireworks. Right. And in a thousand years, that's going to be, no, nah, I'm not going to have kids because like, no one finds me attractive, but like, let's say someone did. I find and you attractive. Uh, You're my Daniel Day-Lewis. Together. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to say we're not going to try. We'll try. I thought we'll it was try. all about you. No, but given enough time, Daniel tradition. So what's you're tradition? double timing time now. I'm like <laughs> Sorry, questioning this. How many Let's kids go, are you trying to have? <laughs> Let's go. Let's look at a threesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. It's it's cur- uh, But Joe, this goes into your art. We need to backtrack in your story, but you're oh, an artist. That's right. Yes, you're an artist. That goes so much into... I know so much just, more about wolves and dog breeding than I do about art. It's sad. <laughs> but it makes sense to my art, but I'm just that, saying. Right? Like, it's, it, all, it's all that. From what I've yeah. gathered from you, you, are, you don't like it when we prefer a certain species over another the one. Science, the, the teacher getting in trouble for feeding the puppy to the snake oh, is yeah, go back to everything that. that my art's about. Right, yes. So not everything, but I'm saying are intensely inconsistent arbitrary values of like your life is worth something yours oh you're a ladybug you're lucky uh cockroach gotta kill you right. uh you're a hamster adorable oh you're a rat you have a long naked tail nope so oh, you have fur in your tail you get to live no fur in your tail now we're gonna kill you even if you're outside or well it's all like relativism huh. isn't it it's yeah. like whether you're an, a majestic eagle if to... someone killed you you're you're on the cover of the post for being a monster but if man, you kill crows, man. which are arguably the smartest animal ever to live besides yeah, a crows, crows are no one would care. You're just a farmer. So, uh, the, so that. like we don't, we don't really, we 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 say things like, oh, you know, killer whales are too smart to belong in captivity. But then, you know, what's your excuse? Like, how come dogs get to live and pigs don't? Pigs are the same size and, by every account, smarter. Yeah. But you refuse to say it's aesthetic. Dogs are cuter. Just say it. Just say it's aesthetic. It's you think aesthetics. it's all aesthetic. There's nothing else to base it on because outside of aesthetics, there's always uh, an outlier or something like that. Uh, art was based on the same concepts. I well, like uh, this art. Art's a little, a little deeper, but like, you know, it's, <laughs> it's difficult because we, we like to say it's size, but it's obviously not size because pigs are tremendous. We say it's intelligence. It's obviously not intelligence because pigs are very smart. Crows are very smart. Uh-huh. We really don't have anything so, outside of aesthetics. And, you know, if you want to say it's aesthetics, we're human beings. I'm okay with that. But then you get in, I mean, that's, that's Nazism. So that's like saying white a better-looking person's life is worth more than a non-better-looking life. And we do value attractiveness big time in, in human Society, absolutely. absolutely. Maybe not life value, but certainly social value. So little I white think mice genetically. are not cute. It's easier. Little white mice are cute. They're cute. They're, not as cute yeah. as a gerbil. Not, and you'd be and know. you'd be in the one percent. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's me. Maybe you'd I think the little 1%. white mice are cuter than. Fine. The so then take it back a notch. Uh, the moth and the butterfly, or the cockroach and the ladybug. Right. What the cockroach and the ladybug? They're beetles. Huh? They're just ah. beetles. 
That's you interesting. Know, you want to hear some some interesting? Uh, uh, it's on a podcast, so I hope I'm correct. But one fourth <laughs> of any, every animal alive is a type of beetle. Uh, yeah, their their biomass is enormous, and I think one eighth of every mammal in existence is a type of bat. Maybe more. Actually. One eighth. One eighth. Maybe eight? even like one seventh. Google Do you have so a podcast bat. Googler? Are you the Googler? We need to Google. Tons yeah, of the Googler. Google. Are you the guy? Okay, cool. What got you into bats? Uh, Batman. Batman. A hundred percent. Yay. Yeah. Which, like, which Batman? Um, my Batman is Batman the Animated Series. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, yeah, I grew up on that's the Animated Series. That's the, the real Batman to me. Okay. That's yeah. not to say that I didn't love movie Batmans, but... Tim Burton's Batman? Yeah, I, I honestly, like, outside of... of the Clooney Val Kilmer years, I, like I don't like the new Batman movies so much, but I think Ben Affleck's a badass Batman. Uh, I, I haven't seen it. If no. you saw Batman vs Superman, mm-hmm. yep. there's one warehouse scene that is the closest to a Batman action scene that I've want that that like that Batman the animated series. Batman going into a warehouse and through ninja abilities fucking up twenty mercenaries. Like brutally messing them up. Huh. Like Christian Bale's Christian Bale was an amazing Bruce Wayne. Yeah. His Batman was kind of stiff. I didn't like the voice. You yeah. know, Tim Burton, that's a different era, but Ben Affleck is the closest to the rough and tumble Batman the animated series. I think Ben Affleck always carries some sort of darkness with him yeah. in whatever role he plays. Truth be told, like and a... I think Matt Damon said it best when Ben Affleck first got the role, they're like, How do you think he's gonna handle it? They're like, dude. What's easier than Batman? <laughs> You're just pissed off the whole time. Bruce Wayne, that's an interesting character. But also but psychologically Batman, How hard is that? Why are, why are you damaged. drawn to Like Superman's a Batman. much harder character to play. Why am I... Why are you drawn to Batman in, in terms of how it pops up in your artwork and everything? Well, I was drawn to Batman just through experience and just being raised on that. And then the idea of the bat fascinates me because, you know, what do we affiliate bats with? You know, Batman is Batman because bats scare people. Right. Why do bats scare people? But it's a flying you know, rodent. For instance, that's um, why. Well, that, but like nocturnal. Do you know how much more damage a harpy eagle could do to you than a bat? But yeah. no one's gonna look at a harpy eagle and think anything other than like. I mean, yeah, you know, like they look at it like a lion. It's majestic. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Mm. But a bat, like, ugh, like that's disgusting or anything like that. But bats. You know, again, yeah, it's a flying rodent, so. Right. But, you know, what do we affiliate bats with? Halloween. You Dracula. know, there's actually, coraptophobia is the fear of bats. There's no fear of eagles. Coraptophobia? Mm-hmm. Corrupt is, is the, the Latin word for bat. Ah, like and that. Coraptophobia is, is fear of bats. The fact that that even exists says a lot. Are we. Dracula. Are we not afraid why is Dracula turned into bats and not. Scarlet macaws. But an eagle is not going to fly into your house. Like, a, I had a bat fly into my... It's going to fly down and, and eat your dog. It might <laughs> yeah. try and, you know, but what's... Fine, but yeah, the bat's going to go into your house and do what? Lay eggs in your hair. That's it's the, not going to lay eggs in your hair. That's the suburban myth. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Two, they're not going to lay eggs in a moving, like, lay eggs. That's what I... I don't know. You hear all these kinds of things. Or that they have That's lice the and bugs that they're going to give you... Or they're sure, going to bite so you and no give you rabies. Any other they're going to bite you and give you rabies. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, but so can a raccoon. Uh, and people yeah. aren't disgusted by raccoons. A lot of people are afraid of raccoons. Yeah, but not in the way they are of mice. What I'm saying is you see a raccoon, you call the ASPCA. You see a rat, you broom it. 
Yeah, you broom it. <laughs> have you been? Have you ever been to Bali by any chance? No. Because they have these ginormous bats. I actually held one. Oh, flying foxes. Yeah, flying foxes. Yeah. 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 And they only eat uh, berries. Or yeah. Yeah. So no worries, Kim. They will not crap on they're your They're fruit. They're fruit bats. <laughs> okay. So good to know. Joe, <laughs> they're fruit bats, but they're big. You're kind yeah. of a champion of these. Unsung. You could just end it there. Just end it there. Done. <laughs> Moving on. Next question. It seems like you're championing these these uh, sub level and you know these animals that that have no. It's like a cause for you. Would I wouldn't you say, say that? that I'm championing them, but I would say that I use them to induce the conversation. To induce intentionally to induce to the intentionally con. induce that conversation. I freely admit that I, in another world, maybe I'd be smart enough to pursue evolutionary biology, social psychology, hmm. something like that, but I'm not. So I could make art that induces that conversation and maybe one day I'll get to a point where I don't have to make art and I could just write or maybe make documentaries or something. But certainly like man's relationship with animals over the past, I want to say 100,000 years, but we really only have 10,000 years in terms of like borderline recorded, 5,000 of recorded, 10,000 shaky Mm. Uh stuff that we could find. But like... Um, you know, that really interests me and our relationship with animals, you know, from them. You know, I think about the way we treat lions now versus the way we treated them only how how long, how many generations ago was the Colosseum? Right. Yeah. I I couldn't say. Not years, generations. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know generations. No. Uh, Maybe 200 generations. How long is a generation? Like 40, 50 years? Oh, well, I don't know. Question. How do you describe that? I mean, I know. <laughs> Maybe 30 I know years if you're there. to say. Well, let's, say, let's, say, let's say it was. Generations flip a every thousand day. grandparents ago. Yeah, okay. Actually, you know what? Forget Rome. Like, for instance, <laughs> um, Rome. up until 300 years ago, towards the, and even less towards the end of the Middle Ages or whatever, bear baiting was, was a very common sport. Sure. What's yeah. bear baiting? You take a bear. You tie it to a, a stick in the ground, and you unleash the dogs on it. Uh-huh. And you watch the bear, and the dogs get fucked up, and you sit around, you eat your, you drink your tea and stuff. It was entertainment. Yeah, I mean, in Rome, you'd throw 500 lions and tigers in and watch them. Re- I'm saying it was entertainment. Right. That was what they knew, and they watched live executions. That was entertainment and everything. And now we've become so far removed that, you know, again, someone feeds a puppy to a snake an animal that is not only not endangered, mm. but will uh, the, the dog will survive any nuclear holocaust. But don't like, you... The don't dogs you, and cats are doing great. Wait, Maybe dogs the, are going to survive a I'm nuclear holocaust? I'm saying like there are some animals that are not doing well. Dogs and cats are not one of them. Dogs <laughs> and cats are flourishing. You know, how many, you know how many birds cats kill a year? A lot. Domestic cats, because they weren't indigenous to this continent. They were brought over by Europeans and stuff. So they kill 3.6 billion birds a year on this continent alone. That's not surprising. Like, how crazy is that? Birds have no idea on this continent what a cat is, and they don't run from it, and it just runs up and, like, eats them. Wait, no they idea. don't now? They don't know. It's like, a, this, this is, like, 100 years old that we've, you know, like, or a few hundred years old that That's we've had crazy. cats on this continent. Evolution hadn't come. I think you know that like sparrows are European birds. Sparrows are not American animals. Starling too. That's 
That's a nasty motherfucker on this continent, man. The starlings. Starlings are not. What nice. I find. <laughs> well, because they're not indigenous to you. They don't belong in this ecosystem. You know what I have? What we have in Flatbush, besides good pizza, we have monk <laughs> parakeets. Oh, you know is that, that the story? green, the green parakeets? Yeah. So oh, if I really? sit in, in my backyard, smoking a joint, reading a book, <laughs> I hear the sounds of the jungle. Oh That's my incredible. God. And sirens because and they're also they're also in uh, they're also in London and I lived in the Hague. They were in the Hague. And it's it's actually how did they get over here? Honestly, um, I can tell you the official legend, but that's not backed by. Let's check. What is the legend? The legend that is in the mid seventies, a shipment escaped from JFK, hmm. and they uh, made their new population on power lines, like specifically in like Flatbush, Bronx, the Lord, that area, and they they thrive. <laughs> And wow. I would not be supar- surprised at all if you took one from the 70s and one today, and the one today was bigger, more surface area, you stay warmer because mm. it gets cold and whatnot. Right. Oh, interesting. I but am really surprised to hear that they're here. Very <laughs> few scientific studies on them, but they're big and they're green and they're, they thrive. Wow. And, you know, they're not indigenous, but they're not going anywhere. I want to get back to it. Uh, what like... is indigenous? There's no such thing, really. I mean... Everything gets. Joe, I just used that word like six times. There has to be. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? There's like I want to do a South no Park episode. Like Randy sorry. Marsh thinks it's an insult. They're like, he's like, did you just call me indigenous? I'm a you're indigenous. <laughs> but you were saying it's interesting about humans evolving in our relationship to animals that kind of had a little bit of a Steven Pinker type vibe to it and how empathy towards animals is very, <laughs> it's very new, very new only exists in man. There uh, are no, they, like, yeah, more. you could have a, fi- sure. like, you could have a feel good article about a lion that raises the baby lamb and stuff, but like, that mm, didn't really happen. It might've happened when the cameras were on or it <laughs> happened in a unnatural zoo setting or whatever it is. Yeah. But not um, in nature. No, there is no animal that has, empathy for another animal like animals eat other animals alive and the only reason a lion might kill the animal first if it can is to reduce risk of injury to the lion they talk genetics they're not not thinking about oh this poor animal being eaten alive like there'd be no evolutionary advantage for them to have empathy mankind has evolved empathy relatively Recently, I think that would come. I think empathy evolved mostly uh, along with the printing press. When we, you know, for instance, when, when slaves could, started writing about what it's like to be a you slave, could put yourself we in weren't empathetic mind. before the printing press. Uh, way more after. I way think I, I agree with Joe. I think that was a big moment where people. How could you put yourself in someone else's shoes? Is that about shaming? Then is that? No, no, just to understand. The first time you could be in someone's mind when you could read their thoughts in solitude. Like, I, you could converse with someone, but you couldn't sit by yourself and read how someone else's mind And mind works. you, it was only the upper class that could ever write for any civilization, really, ever, up until just a few hundred years ago. Uh-huh. So that's big. So I don't want to say that the printing press led to empathy, but I mm. would say that... It was a way A massive, massive burst. Life expectancy led to empathy. There's so many moments. Wait, empathy left to, led to life expectancy. Isn't it the reverse? Or? No, it's the exact opposite. So when, you're, when you were only living to 15 and you're only focused on survival, 
with zero oh, free time, you, you have no empathy. You're you're protecting your immediate surroundings. You're protecting your genes, and then once you get a little free time, once you get a little a little wham, as my brother would say, a little walking around money in your pocket, you know, <laughs> all that leads to empathy. Um, so, Joe, walk us through a little more. How about... many push-ups do I do in the morning? <laughs> How many do you do in a morning? Uh, half. <laughs> I do the down. I do the up part when I'm getting out of bed. That's it. <laughs> do you know how many more that, that is than me? A half. <laughs> Done. I'll get to the down part one day, but like, don't you know? Come on, I'm not stressed too much. So, paint the picture. Growing up in Flatbush, family. You grew up Orthodox, correct? And what was modern your... Orthodox, which is a very weird concept. Well, tell us about that. I think that um, it's a little different in New York, but if you take the world as a whole, I have kind of two views of Jews: okay. Hasidic people, uh-huh. and then like your Woody Allen, Larry Davids. Right, right, right. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so I'm were you Woody in, Allen. I'm 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 in between. Okay. Okay. For, okay. So personally, I'm nothing. Because I'm not an atheist. That's a thing. I'm not. I'm. I, I breathe. Okay. And I'll f- and I either will find shit out when I die or I won't. I'm not gonna waste my time on it otherwise because uh, there's no conclusion to. So you don't think about God? No, I think about God, but like I I, I don't subscribe to any theory that currently exists. Okay. I have my own theory uh-huh. about. Um, certainly, I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of prayer, mm. like oh. the placebo nocebo effect. If you're s- sick and you're religious and you genuinely believe in God and you pray, you will physically get healthier than the person that's not like that is a that is a real thing but that's I've seen just that power. placebo nocebo that it's has like nothing affirmation yeah that has nothing to do like if you believe in witchcraft in africa and you think a spell has been cast on you you could fucking die that doesn't mean that voodoo's real it just means that the power of the mind is that real uh-huh. so you believe in the power of the mind oh yeah how could you not hmm. right i mean that's certainly proved Huh. So how did huh. your growing so up... So I was as- saying, so we, so when I say modern orthodoxy, my family looks like any other New Yorker, but we have two sets of dishes for meat and dairy. We keep the okay. Sabbath. Okay. My family doesn't use electricity on the Sabbath. You know, lights are on timers and we don't sit in the dark with candles and stuff like that. Um, but my, you know, we don't work on Saturday and things like that. We do... Um, Friday night kiddish meals and Saturday day kiddish meals. And I always really liked that because it, it was the glue of my family. My dad's a, you know, a very prominent doctor and I would not have ever seen him if mm. he worked all the time. So, huh. you know, again, as I can't even call myself agnostic, but for whatever views I have, they're certainly not the literal interpretation of the, of the old Testament. Mm. That being said, I'm not opposed to doing Friday night, kiddishes if I had kids or something because I like tradition um do I think there's a point of tradition if you don't have kids to pass it on to no Mm. so I don't really do I it's funny because I was with my there's six kids in my family so it's rare that um it was just me and my two parents where are you in that hierarchy second second to oldest okay Um, oh second oldest yeah I was with it was me my mom and my dad for a, a um a Friday night Sabbath meal we did kiddish and everything. 
And I asked them, I was like, are you guys doing this for me or do you really do this when none of the kids are around? They're like, no, we really do this. And I was like, I don't believe you. <laughs> so it, you being non-observing, does that, does that, how does that, uh, whatever, cotton with your parents? Um, it definitely was, high school was hard. Okay. I, went to a, I went to a Jewish school up until 18. Not not a like yesh- a not yeshiva? like a boys like... a yeshiva, yeshiva, but a co-ed a secular yeshiva where as many kids went to Yale and Princeton than do to way more kids than to Yeshiva University. Was this like, in Brooklyn in Brooklyn as well? across the street from Tafaras? Oh, okay, literally <laughs> oh. across. <laughs> there the you go. From <laughs> there is a correlation. There's no Tafaras. Tafaras. Pizza is religion. Pizza is pizza, religion. Yo, pizza is. A, don't even give me stats. A it's whole a religious other podcast. experience. I'm very hardcore. I'll, I'll die for pizza. No problem. No problem. Pizza is God. But, uh, so exactly. how did you, how did you I never liked, I never liked it. I, while I was in high school, I was desperate to go to public school. I was desperate okay. to like, and it wasn't like my friends were religious. My friends were not religious. We were all in the band together. My friends had the same outlook on life as I did. Um, it was just, you know, my school was from 6.30 to 5.30 every day. Wow. Which sounds that insane. Is a long we had day. prayers twice a day. I had to wake up and put on the tefillin, the phylacteries and whatnot. And you just had to do it whether you believed it or half the day it was in Hebrew. If you don't speak fluent Hebrew, you can't go to that school. It's just huh. not gonna work. Wow. And I hated it. It was co ed. Hated though. it. It was co ed. Okay. I want I had been kicked out, but I got back. I was just Oh, you got kicked out? I, what for? Grades. My secular grades were good. My Hebrew grades I didn't give a shit about. By senior year, I used to illustrate tests and just give them back in. And instead of grading me, they would just give a check to my drawing. <laughs> I'd be like, he's going to art school. <laughs> just put him in the corner, let him draw. My Actually, my desks have all been retired. I work on desks, and now they're like in the office, like sealed off in acrylic. <laughs> really? Well, I do elaborate scenes on desks and shit. Oh, my because God. Because if I wasn't, I was bringing the grade curve down. Because I was wow. in class clown. So seri- class seriously, clown. they are? If you sat around me, you went down like you didn't get into the college of your choice. <laughs> <laughs> there was you a were, noticeable dip. You were a bad <laughs> I was able to afford art school, so you damn right I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was SVA? Yeah. Which, so, by the way, I love. I'm not like trying to take a shit on it. SVA is a great school. Art school is awesome. But like, if you could afford it, you're in. So and you the, could easily like go spend a quarter of a million dollars in art school and get out after four years and you have nothing. Yeah, BFA yeah. is not gonna. No one's ever asked for my BFA for anything. Yes. I don't even know where Same. it is. <laughs> so Actually, that, that was the requirement for this podcast. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, Mar- Marshall, the Marshall yeah. has mine. So that leads to the art grind question: Is like, how do you make it in the art world with that? Well, so I'd say. Um, just to, to backtrack a little bit, yeah. Um, I was always, all kids are artistic. Every kid is an artist up until around nine years old. You, mm. you believe that? Yeah. Every kid doodles. Every kid draws. Every kid's into arts and crafts. At some point around... I have a brother. Nine or... No, then he's an, out, <laughs> an outlier, whatever you call it. At some point, we develop uh, the embarrassment gene... And if we're not good at drawing, we don't. We, we stop doing it. Like mm. every kid draws, but no adult draws unless they're an artist. Even though everyone can draw, you have hands. Like Marshall would admit, like the amount of times I meet an adult, they're like, I can't draw, but I do it. I promise you, 
I promise you, if I gave you a reference photo and I was like, draw this, it would be so much better than you think it would be. Mm. You have hands. Mm. You are, you, you, that's like saying I can't write. Mm. You know, I'm not going to say that you could be a master draftsman, but you have hands that work. You're going to do just fine. But at some point, most kids just stop and some kids keep going. I, like you, Uh was one of those kids that just kept going. What motivated you to keep going then? Oh, uh. Uh, Other people liking it? The the illness of art. Mm. It's a compulsion. It's a compulsion, Mm. and one thing that I've learned over the years is that creativity is a compulsion, and I would never even argue that it's a healthy one. Mm. I don't think artists have great lives. I don't think it's a healthy uh, compulsion whatsoever. Um, I don't think successful artists are happier than unsuccessful artists. I think that in general, you have... like. I mean, Marshall knows this. Like, when I have an idea, it becomes cancerous. Like, it it drills through my head, and I can't get it out until I get it out. And then when I get it out, I have to think about what it is and the repercussions of getting it out, and that fucks me up, and then I have it. It just just doesn't... It doesn't stop. Is it a com- you don't choose to be an artist. Is, is it a, a compulsion rooted in neuroses or ego or... Ego, definitely. Neuroses, definitely. And I would say a lot of um, pats on the back when you're young. Just validation. Every pat on the back I ever got as a kid was because I was very artistic. I was a good doodler. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Obviously, I could draw well. Those were my... Pa- I wasn't good in school. All my reaffirmations was my drawing abilities... So that gets stuck in your mind. You're like, oh, shit, I'm special. Then all of a sudden, fast forward, I'm in high school. What makes me special? I play guitar and whatnot. And, you know, at 16, you want to be a rock star. But, like, there's at least a part of you that time I do. Like, at least by 18, you still want, I still was like, oh, I'm going to get my band signed. But, like, there's no band school. So let me go to art school because Batman the Animated Series was fucking dope. So let me major in animation. I didn't even know that was a thing. You know, I didn't even know you could study that. Animation and film, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I got accepted for that. And then I love, I had a blast at SVA, but I never touched animation. I went right into fine art. Right oh, into it. right into oh. it. Interesting. Because I because I felt like it. And honestly, like, again, when I say art's a compulsion, like, when people, like, if you're 20 and you ask me the question, that's one thing. But when you're our age and you're like, I'm um, thinking about, like, quitting my job and doing art full time and be like, don't do it because you're thinking about it. If any right. student... It's a compulsion. You either do it or you don't. There, I never had a choice. Please, I, I, I mean, most of my... Most of my friends of the past decade, yes, are artists and, and creative people and whatnot. But the kids I went to high school with, lawyers, doctors, businessmen, whatever it is, and I envy them. I, I, I envy people that exactly. don't have delusions of grandeur. Yeah, but you're kind of living the dream right now. You are a rock star. Yeah, but it's, art, like, it's but... like I am until Jeff Koons walks in the room and then I'm fucking nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, relative to... Fine, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I would say or... that like, I'm doing cool shit for sure. Um, but at the same time, not as cool as I want it to be. But what I want it to be when I get there is not going to be where I want to be. You know what I'm saying? Like you're it's, always unsatiated. You're not. You're not. And it's funny because I was um, with someone before and we were talking about happiness. And it's like I have this idea of happiness as an external thing. Like, oh, if I just get that, if I 
get that New York Times article, or if I get this solo show, like, I'm going to be happy, then they both happen, and within 10 minutes, you're not happy anymore, because you got that, now you want something else. Right. So if your happiness is based on external values, you will never be happy. You're just going to become Clooney uh, competing with Brad Pitt. That's That's Schopenhauer. He always said, desire... And fulfillment, desire always outpaces fulfillment. Absolutely. Like it's a losing, you can never catch that tail. Which is also what um, anxiety and depression is. Like, which, you know, most, a lot of artists suffer from. Like, my anxiety and depression, well, like, human. is not about a specific thing. When I'm anxious or depressed, whatever it is I'm depressed about, if you took that away, all it would do is I would just figure out a new thing to be anxious and depressed about. Uh-huh. I'm depressed. Not it's not something's depressing me. I'm depressed. So it's That's like right. it's happiness has to be I'm happy because I'm Joseph Grazzi. If I get this show, if I make this sale, cool. But if I don't, I'm still Joseph Grazzi and that makes me happy. Easier said than done. I'm not fucking there. <laughs> I'm never going to get there. I'm an artist. Artists don't get there because if they did, they probably wouldn't be making art. Well, that's, yeah, that's what we right. talked about yeah. earlier, that all artists have some sort of Oh, desperation. Or, yes. Yeah, yeah. Desperation, desperation is, like, is my fuel. You have and to, I tell people that all the time. You have to have that in order to make... If you are satisfied, if you are... Oh, my God. Then, my desperation okay, great. From Everything's my great in my life. So I don't important. need to. I don't need to make art because me, look everything's great. Look at me. Look at me. Look right? what I can do. If you don't have huge, if you don't believe your, you know, every, you know, every artist, I'm sure Marshall can attest. Like, how many times have you either woken up or gone to bed feeling like you're God's gift to art, and that same day woken up or got, gone to bed being like, what? Why am I even trying? Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. within that 24 hour, 12 hour period. <laughs> You can literally go from like, oh my God, the world is so lucky that I was born to like, I'm going to stop breathing because I'm just taking, I'm taking it away. I'm taking up oxygen <laughs> in the same day. And like, that's the roller coaster life of the artist. But you, you, you can't be a success. You can't be an artist, let alone a successful artist without that. Do you, do yeah. you listen to feedback from, do you, do you care what someone says? Uh, I I used to pretend that I didn't. Uh-huh. I always did, and now I freely admit that I did. I truly believe that a good artist at least listens to the people around them and what they say. And the craziest is that we live in the social media world. Right. And there is just... Every time you post a piece of artwork, you're getting a survey of what people like and what they don't like. Commercially, I can go into my Instagram account and just make the art that gets the most likes. And you'd bet your ass that's probably the art that's going to make more money. Mm. So that's really messed up. And like, I'm working on a painting now that I'm been, I, I promised myself outside of initial start, I was like, dude, don't post this till it's, till you say it's done. Because if you start posting pictures... Oh, people are going to have opinions. But I'm saying, let's say everyone likes it and it's not done. I'm going to be afraid to work on it. Let's say no one likes it. I'm going to say, why did I waste all this time on it? Mm. And it reminds me of like when I had lots of roommates. And if they would just peek into my room, any feedback they gave me of what I was working on, be it positive or negative, for me was negative feedback. Look at the art when it's done. Then I'll take your opinion. But, well, you don't want to have that really voice inside your head. I don't, I'm not a very when, when I don't have to be. I'm not a public person in my in my personal life. I'm saying, and as you know, painting takes a long time. So, like, 
I don't have anything to post, even though I am making progress on this painting. But I don't want anyone's opinion till it's finished. I do want your opinion when it's finished. But until it's done, I might and, not post for three weeks or something like and that. And how does it uh, affect you once people have, once you are finished, once people have an opinion about it, how does that affect you? I'm not going to lie. If, if something's very well liked, I, it, there's endorphins and whatnot. If I work really hard on something and it's not liked, yeah, it's going to gonna be like, fuck. Does so, that kind of steer the ship, so to speak? Like, will you... I want to say no, but it can't not. Yeah, it can't not, it's right? not I'm a human being. It can't not. Uh-huh. It's just not possible. So how was it when you started getting all the flack up from the Castle Fitzjohn's show? Well, that was great because as an artist, all press is good press. I mean... Mm. When it comes to, you know, New York City and the art scene, I mean, that was a show I wanted to do for a long time. Uh, and I would say that was one of the safer ideas I've ever had in terms of things. I, I oh. assumed there'd be some type of yuck factor mm. or whatever it is. I didn't think there'd be the PETA thing. I knew once the New York Times picked it up that PETA would have to pick it up because that's how they make their money. If New York Times wouldn't have picked it up... So it got a New York Times show. Uh, uh, yeah, there was a feature in, like, the a front feature. page and whatnot. But, like... If if Peter if you're not getting press, Peter's not going to go after you because they're not going to get press. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. If Peter goes after something that's not public, they're not public, so they're not getting donations. But if you got press, Peter's going to go after you because then they get press. And in Peter's defense, they're not a real organization; so they're not funded, so they need, for instance, like I didn't sit down with Peter. Like my did lack you of sit a down world, with him? My wet dream was to debate Peter publicly on camera. My publicist in my gallery would not let me go near them because it's a lose-lose. And I'll tell you why it's a lose-lose. Because PETA can't, and I can't stress that enough, can't admit that what I did wasn't cruel because mm. then they look like idiots and they can't get um, donations. Oh. It has to be cruel. They have to see it through a cruel lens, and that's how they get donations. So for me to talk to them was lose-lose because if they, if they see it from my perspective, they admit defeat. Mm-hmm. So there's no – it's like a Trump supporter and a Bernie supporter, like a hardcore on both sides. Why? They're talking at each other and over each other. They're mm-hmm. not they're, – they're just they're, – this is a waste of air. It's uh-huh. not happening. So while I... So they couldn't come over to your side no matter what? No, and, and it was actually very difficult for me because um, that conversation is very important to me. Like, PETA is all over the place. With the, Again, I understand why they exist, and I think that's great, but in terms of their morals, it's insane. For instance, like... Oh, kind of like how you feel about the cockroach and the ladybug. Yeah, but, like, but it, it goes... So much more hypocritical than that. And I've actually, I've, I've, the thing is that like PETA is not, PETA is an organization. As an organization, I think that they're complete hypocrites and uh, like idiots. Their, their values are idiots. But all the individuals that make up PETA are intellectual people. You can sit down with them and have an intellectual conversation in the same way that if you, any conservative or liberal, like when they're not in the mob, you can sit down with them. When it's not group thing. Yeah. And, and I'm, a, I'm a Jew. Give me an anti-Semite. Put us in a room over whiskey <clears throat> over two hours. We're going to at least shake hands at the end of the conversation mm-hmm. and uh-huh. agree. Even if we could only agree back. I've been taught to, to um, debate backwards. So even if the best we can come to is that we're both human beings trying to survive, that's a handshake. Right. You try and debate forwards, you're fucked. Debate backwards, you're going to come to some type of 
Oh, that's Something. an interesting point. It's a, it's a good debate tactic. Yeah, totally. But um, so with PETA is that their initial right off the bat statement is that animals aren't property. Animals aren't your property, so you can't exploit them for art. Okay, very interesting that you say that. A, animals are property. 99% of PETA members own dogs and cats. You think I could just walk up to their dog and take it or hurt it? No. <laughs> Why? Because it's your property. How'd you get that dog? You adopted it. You paid it. Yeah, it's your property. It's, it's so right off the bat, protected as you, it's protected as property. So that negates American law. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I was you're thinking. wrong. How did I get all my mice? I paid for them. They are my property. If I go up to a farmer and take his cow, that's property. Animals are, if you buy them, property. So right off the bat, they are wrong. Now, PETA is against as I am, and I'm not. I, I don't have the luxury of hunting. One day, I'd love to only be a hunter. I want to be a bow hunter one day and mm. only eat elk that I hunt myself. But right now, I eat shitty meat and associated. And I admit that that's <laughs> fucked up and factory farming is terrible. Do you want to know what one of the huge factors that contributes to factory farming? Forget about carbon emissions and destroying the planet, which it also is doing, but just America owning dogs and cats. How many uh-huh. PETA members own dogs and uh-huh. cats? Most of them. You know how much worse it is for a, you know, every time I meet a vegan with two dogs, I can't even take them seriously because their household contributes more to factory farming, more to carbon emissions, more to every terrible thing that they affiliate with factory farming than a single man without an animal. Because that just of dog eats food? Meat. Where does dog food and cat food come from? Mm. Cats are destroying the oceans and dogs are. I and mean, eat birds. They say that all just the dogs <laughs> and cats of America, yeah, yeah. just the dogs and cats of America, forget about the world, just America, are, if you put them together, are the third or fifth, this you could look up, but definitely third or fifth, largest meat-consuming country in the world, if you wow, just put the dogs and cats together. So crazy. And a lot of them are owned by hardcore zealot vegans, the type that went after me, that are like, you're cruel to animals. And it's like, well, you own two pit bulls and a cat. Yeah. You are way worse for the environment and for farming and for everything than I am. Well, Joe, you the- are, you conceptually and emotionally, a worse person to the planet than I am, yet you're protesting me. I'm not saying I'm a good person, but I'm not bullying you. You, statistically, logically, scientifically, are a bad person based on what you're telling me is a bad person. But human beings value emotion over logic ten ten times. So you will lose the debate because the PETA member is eventually going to scream, get up, chant something, and walk away. I'm going to sit there. But, Joseph, people don't who's listening don't know what the show was and what you did. Yeah, so let's talk, Oh, so let's I'll give you a little background. So pretty is, much, yeah. um, this isn't what the show was, but this was the, the main part of the installation, which is all every, anyone was able to see. It was pretty much take a floor, raise it seven inches off the ground, covered by plexiglass, and there was white laboratory mice running around inside of it. Um, white lab mice are not actual animals. They're domesticated species, that were domesticated, so they're not for pets. They're not sold as pets. They're Snake sold food, in the basement right? of pet stores. They're sold for animal food or for medical okay. experimentations. Okay. That is their fate. That is why they're alive in the same way that canines are alive. That is the point 
of their existence. You have a problem with that? I didn't domesticate them. That's why they're there. So in this floor, they each they're, have their own cube? Is that how They it each happened? had their own cube. They had food. They had water. They had everything. Peter freaked out for two reasons. One, they thought I was stressing the mice based on vibrations, which is... People walking over plexi. Ridiculous, because you had 70 mice. 70, you had 140 squares with 70 mice. So the amount of time each mice was actually being stepped on, not on, like their cube, right. was a couple of minutes per day. Not to mention mice literally live under floorboards and train tracks. So uh-huh. the amount of vibrations you're causing them is not of any concern if you know anything about mice. But, but, I got press and I exploited animals and animals are not art. Free the mice. Again, I said free them into what? Free them into what? Into you know being, how the amount of people food, right? that left a cardboard poster saying free the mice. Okay, interesting. Let's talk about that. Would you like me to open the door and let them out into the street? They'll all die in 20 minutes. How many people Would you people like me to return them back to the signs. pet store? They're all dead in a week. What Thank exactly you. would you like me to do with the mice? I got them all adopted. My 70 mice were the luckiest domesticated <laughs> They mice. all, every single one every got adopted. Every single one of them. They were not Which I eaten. thought was so fucking stupid because that just means 70 other mice have to die. Nice. And I made sure I would not adopt to anyone that I did not have that conversation with. Really? I, I was like, listen, I'm going to, it was a one shelter that took all of them. I was like, I'm going to give you these mice as long as you understand the ridiculousness of this. And they were like, we get it. So what was your initial impetus for this show? What were you saying with the mice? I was, the I was that people are so terrified. You know, 99.9% of New Yorkers are, are broomers, not yeah, yeah. carers and whatnot. And, you know, that is, it's just the truth um, in most cities and whatnot. And I was trying to take this animal that is it's just, a, it's just a mammal. It's uh-huh. just a mammal. It's what we looked like, you know, two million years ago or some version of that. Yet we're terrified of it. And to cause a very intense physical uh, interaction with them, mm. so you're like, you have to a trust the artist that you know you're not, that they're the not going to escape. And no, not that, but like the floor is not going to cave in or something. Mm. Like that. This was seven inches above the mice. Yeah, six to seven inches. So, so plexi feet are hitting seven inches above mice on a on a yeah. lower floor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this was in, in Chelsea. Oh, no, no, this was in the East Village at Castle Johns Gallery. East Village. Yeah. And they have a habitat. Shout out to Vincent the... and Elliot, who got my back the whole time, and Molly, who got my back. Thank you, guys. <laughs> they have a habitat in there, too, right? Well, oh, they had everything that with... a pet mouse would have. Mm. But animals aren't property, so you can't have a pet mouse. By PETA standards. By PETA standards, even though they all have pets. And they came with signs, they were protesting. Like, is this daily thing? Was this... Well, you can't do daily because they have... Yeah, they don't all have jobs. It was, it was every weekend. Every, every Saturday, weekend. every Sunday. So just to go back on what you were saying about the uh, pets. So 2009 study by New Zealand's Victoria University of Wellington concluded that pet dogs have carbon poor prints double that of a typical SUV. Oh, yeah. But Whoa. that's... Hold on. But that's 2009. That's, that's 2009. almost a decade ago. Yeah. So University of Berkeley, I'm pretty sure it's Berkeley, put one out this year... And it is way worse than that. I had way no idea about this. And again, again, I'm not saying 
kill your dogs and cats. Oh, good. what I'm saying is, if you're a holier-than-thou <laughs> vegan that thinks factory farming is wrong, and you have three fucking dogs and a cat, then you're a hypocrite. Which is fine. Be a hypocrite, but don't point your finger. But don't, own three yeah. dogs and be a vegan. I don't. I don't have a problem with that. Don't eat meat and have three dogs and have a, fa- a problem with factory farming. But you've got to come to grips with what you're doing. You have to understand that our obsession with dogs and cats in America is really, really bad. Did and if climate change is as big a problem as we say it is, then no, we should not be allowed to have cats and dogs as pets anymore. That's, that, don't kill your cat and dog, but when they die, no more. Uh, also, the last puppy to be yeah. born, the last kitten, no more. Did but you? To, did to, you? We'll make. Ahead, we'll, we'll, we'll make a ten percent you right To the that. point of why you created this installation in the first place, it was to talk about people's fears of mice and other Sorry, animals <laughs> eating chips. Chip break. <laughs> <laughs> it was to get them a lot of people as close to them as they've ever gotten before. Okay. So one thing I found amazing was. This was before the PETA protests, where I still was allowed to be in the gallery. Oh, you weren't Holy allowed shit, after? you got banned? No, because they knew what I looked like, so they would just chase me and shit like that. Are you serious? Yeah, and I wasn't allowed to were talk. Were they carrying to daggers? Or? No, they're all <laughs> 70-year-old lonely people. Like it, but it's anyway, the most the... non-threatening crap. It's the opposite <laughs> of a, like a Draw Muhammad contest or something like that. It's really the most non-threatening <laughs> crowd you can get, and they're all very emotionally unstable and whatnot. Like, their dogs are all comfort animals. and Like, it's, it's, so it's reason- sad. It's sad. It's sad. I, I feel bad for all of them, and there's no one that's ever... I spent two months after fielding hate mail, um, a lot of it, and... You might get some more after this. No. Well, yeah, maybe, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I got a lot of hate mail. Most of it um, was, you're a fucking cunt, fuck you. And I, and I would be like, well, is that your debate point? Yes, really. <laughs> and, you know, half of them, that was the end of the conversation. The other half, and I'm talking a lot of emails and mess- mostly Instagram messages, would start writing with me, and I've not had any conversation that ended up negatively. Did you respond really? to all I'm not saying that I made friends. I'm saying I agreed to disagree. I handshook with that Nazi. Did you respond to all of them? Or? As many as I could, yeah. Wow, that's amazing already in itself. Was this reaction a surprise And P- to P- you? P.S., there's a reason that the mouse floor was called the social media. Because you, you, you anticipated this. Did you anticipate this outpouring? Was this a surprise to you? Uh, I anticipated more of a yuck factor. Okay, and like, less yeah, of gross. a political factor. Yeah, but once New York Times picked it up, um, I knew Peter would get involved. And uh, one thing I did get, if you want to use the word lucky with, was this was... Timing-wise, on the heels of the Guggenheim controversy. Right. Mm. Which was a shame because I didn't see any actual, like, there is real abuse in this world of animals. Mm. I didn't see, you had three Chinese, first of all, like, just banning them does nothing the, the Chinese artists are still making their art in China. All that does is make America understand China less and less and less. Mm. It, it, all it does is alienate us. And the uh-huh. Chinese artists are some of the greatest artists in the world right now. Mm. The, and again, I keep saying two artists, but uh, one of the artists is a team, so it's three artists, but it was two pieces or whatever. Um, their work is brilliant, like brilliant. And they showed in, they, I mean, their art, they are 
gods in China. Well, talk about it. Say, say their names. So, okay, so I, 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 I can't even pronounce them. Zing, Pao, uh, it's a lot. Right, it's a right, lot right, that yeah. I probably, even if I had in front of me, would be incorrect. You familiar with the uh, Kaigo Queen? That was one of them. Yeah, that was one of them. So he so, did the wolves. Sort yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. So and also he does like the, the ninety foot steel cobra skeleton. Dude, awesome work. Yeah. His stuff's fucking awesome amazing. work, dude. The Chinese are, are just on a different level. But for the le- listener, we should explain that at the okay. Guggenheim so what happened at the Guggenheim ago. was there were t- oh, there could have been three, but I know of two. One was video art. It was just a video piece of two uh, um, attack dogs, two pit bulls on treadmills, on leashes, running at each other, which is how you train uh, fighting dogs. They couldn't touch each other. It was emotional distress. Um, They just played the video. The video is from the 90s, Hmm. or at least the early 2000s. And this was a training video. And this is China where they eat dogs and whatnot, (laughs) Like, which I have, again, like like the Yellen Festival, like, like when we get angry at that, it's like, dude, we eat pigs. Like... Like, they're just as smart and big as dogs. Like, you're such a hypocrite. Like, if you f- you're freaking out because they eat dogs, like, for emotions. But, like, what if I had pet pigs? That would mean that I could freak out every time you eat bacon and stuff like that. And mm. it, like, it's so inconsistent is what I'm saying. Mm. But um, China has a different view, as you know, of, of um, or the Far East in general, of, like, dogs or whatever it is. So they had this video. Well, dogs are food. Of to- which is fine. I don't, I mean, their an- animals are food. I eat meat, so I can't possibly say that it's wrong to eat dogs without being a hypocrite. It's just not possible. Uh, um, that's interesting. I, it's just, I can't. I can't have a scientific reason that eating dogs is wrong if I'm eating meat. They're right. not endangered. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right? They're not bad for you. Uh-huh. So what's the problem? <laughs> I get all emotional about it, but that's not a real, that's bullshit. That's anthropomorphic. That's nothing. So right? your, your art seems to incite these conversations about That's aesthetic. the goal. That's the goal. That's yeah, the goal. Yeah, I love it. Okay. But I was going to say, so um, that was one of the pieces was just a video. It wasn't it never. It happened 20 years ago. It was just the video. And the other one, which was a little bit spicier, but at the same time, like, not really that spicy, was this guy, I think this is the duo, did um, like a little biodome, like an eight by four foot biodome full of bugs, salamanders, creepy crawlies, whatever it is. And they all ate each other. It was a circle of life. And every two months they were going to, like, refill it. Now, that is the wild. It's the wild. That is what happens in the wild. If you are a mouse in the wild, you're getting eaten by a snake. A mouse in the wild Yesterday or tomorrow, like, it doesn't matter. There's no such thing as old age in the wild unless you're an elephant. And then it's not good. Because elephants' teeth never stop growing, so eventually their teeth grow into their head and they suffocate. But if you are a lion that has gone from 100% to 99%, you get eaten by other lions or hyenas. So there is nothing that, that, unless you're hunted, if you're lucky, you get hunted by a person and you get a bullet to the heart. Otherwise, you're eaten alive by other animals. That's nature. That's how it works. There's no empathy. It's, It's kill or be killed for every single animal from... You know, the rose that's growing thorns to the fucking... There's no such thing as the king of the jungle. I so guess the ethical it, question then is do you, is bringing that into the... Bringing that into the white box, is that... Right, well, that's the thing, exactly. So they were saying, like, oh, that's okay in nature, but you called it art, so now you're exploiting it, you're making money off it, so right. we have a problem with it. But what's that's actually the real happening... the issue, isn't it? What's happening? You have... You have uh, actually, I just... Uh, um, how would you sell an installation piece like that? You wouldn't, but but 
Okay, so so for instance, like my floor wasn't for sale, but my name is a brand. Mm. So if you're you have a big piece that's not for sale at the Guggenheim, that doesn't mean that you're like you can maybe don't sell that piece, but if everyone's talking about it, the value of your art goes up because the value of your name goes up. Uh, the value, so you might the value of your other pieces? Exactly. So right. while maybe you're not selling that piece, your other piece that has nothing to do with animals has more, uh, um, what's the word? Cachet. Cachet behind it, reverence, Got whatever it, it is. Oh. So I, I, buy that. I buy that. I buy No pun intended. I get that. I get so it. then the haha paintings are elevated because of the situation with the floor. I hope so. Mm. I'd like to think so. Mm. So, so it's or it's downgraded based on who you <laughs> or, are. Or yeah, depending on whether you're talking to Peter or not. Unless you're Ingrid. Coming <laughs> so, through Ingrid, we're gonna sit down one day, it's gonna happen. So some of this stuff is uh, based on fear, right? Like you know, fear oh, yeah. of mice and whatnot. But irrational fear. Ra- irrational. What and, ir- well, irrational emotions. Is, is primal fear irrational? Yes. Yeah, well well I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll throw it all all back. So for again, um ninety nine point nine percent of humanity where we're talking like you know, 150,000 years, right, of us being homo sapiens. Mm-hmm. Um, not anything else, not no more erectus, not either, like full homo sapiens. Um, you have a lot of mental disorders, xenophobia, fear of strangers, arachnophobia, corruptophobia, all these things that were very beneficial because we didn't have the science that said, that snake's poisonous, that one's not. So uh-huh. who's going to live the longest to have the most kids? The one that just avoids all snakes. Or everything red. Just or anything is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. avoid everything. Your skin color is a little bit different than mine. I'm just going to avoid you. Right. I'm going to avoid everything. And that is part of, that is own. in our blood. Uh-huh. So, I agree with that. So that is something that we've been unlearning. Like, you're not... People have this idea of, like, arachnophobia. It's like, oh, you probably got bit by a spider when you were a kid. No. That's not why. It's literally because it's into your DNA to be afraid of these things that look very, very alien because you don't know what's, you know, now you might know what's poisonous and what's not, well, but it's too late. Well, they look scary to, to appeal to the human, like, their fear. If they looked like know? Pixar bugs, it wouldn't make a difference. Well, you wouldn't avoid But there's them. so much of these Survival. fear mechanisms that are in our blood, and it's unfortunate because we can't have a healthy conversation about it. Like... Now, like, if you, you could be, now if you're, like, a bio, biological evolutionist, they have the dirty word, you're, like, a biological essentialist or something like that. Mm. And, um, again, I'm obsessed with people like Jared Diamond or whatever it is. And it's like, every time I see a, a picture of, you know, on Facebook of a little black kid and a little white kid holding hands, it's like, see, racism is learned. It's like, no, you're an idiot. Racism is unlearned. Racism is in our blood. Xenophobia is in our blood. Hate is in our blood. Genocide is in our blood. It's all in our blood. Hitler was only considered evil because he lived 70 years ago. If he lived any other time, he'd be considered Hitler the Great, Hitler the Conqueror. Oh, Hitler Julius Caesar was a million Genghis times Khan. worse. Yeah, or Genghis, than Genghis Khan. Khan. Genghis Khan, a million <laughs> times worse. Genghis than Khan shapes the Hitler DNA didn't do anything different than what was a. a unfortunately rational or devastatingly logical thing to do. It was like, I have this belief that we are the pureness and we want to get rid of all the not pureness. And that is a product of back in the day. We have science now to tell us that that's incorrect, but you know, it's still in our blood. So we have to unlearn our barbarism. And I always bring it back 
um, it was Steven Pinker, um, uh, Better Angels of Our Nature, which is Great an book. amazing book. And I'll, I'll plug his new book, which I, Enlightenment Now, which I haven't read yet, but I will. Um, and he has, he puts in his book um, a word-for-word document that's only around four or 500 years old for noblemen of proper etiquette at the dinner table. Uh-huh. We're not talking about where the fork goes or the yeah, knife. Yeah. This stuff is like number four. Don't take a shit while you're eating. <laughs> don't don't stab somebody. Don't no, 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 no. And it's saying like, don't uh-huh. use the same knife that you whatever the fuck with to cut your food. And you're like, oh, of course. And it's like, well, what do you mean of course? If you believe in evolution, which is absurd if you don't, like the mechanisms of evolution we're still learning. But like, if you don't understand that like we literally came out of the trees at some point, we didn't just come out of the trees knowing that the knife goes here and the fork goes here. That's an entire learning curve. So yeah, like those rules seem ridiculous to someone in 2018. But in the year 1500... You didn't know that. Absolutely. How could you know that? You can't know something until it's told to you or you find it out. So we're born barbarians to something. There's no, I can't say that if I wasn't born to a neo-Nazi family in the South with no um, access to intellectual conversation whatsoever, or if I was born in Nazi Germany, or if I was born in the South as a slaveholder, that I wouldn't just be... You know, uh, one of them. So the mice under the floor was to point out the irrationality of our primal instincts. Yeah, and to just you know get you as uh, yeah to show to show that it's primal to show that uh, that's why I had all the dinosaurs involved and were a lot of unfortunately the, the floor was so loud of a piece that no one even saw like the twenty foot saber tooth tiger that I built mm. it's in bright millennium pink or whatever it is <laughs> no one even saw it I mean, no, it's like hey I'm a thirty foot no, no one, one saw was it. protesting no one saw it. just protest it was just that but so, it's like yeah that's where it comes from and like we are we all have these crazy mental illnesses because we. You know, there's a reason that we, I mean, there's no more, we're, we're still hunter-gatherers. We're still supposed to be running 10 miles a day and hunting for our food. We have modern hunter-gatherers, and I don't want to say modern hunter-gatherers in, like, modern areas. I'm talking, like, you know, Papua New Guinea and stuff. We're real hunter-gatherers. Still surviving. They're mental illnesses that does not exist. They have other things that exist, but, like, they're not gonna, they don't deal with depression and stuff. They don't have time. These are luxuries and whatnot. We live Neurosis in a, is a luxury. Neurosis is a luxury. So we live in this... Well, if you're spending all your time trying to get food, then you're not spending your time, you know, dwelling on things. And That's whatnot. Jared Diamond shit. Exactly. You don't and have it's like we live in this ridiculous then. scenario yeah. of, like, there's absolutely nothing... In here right now, is there even a, a leaf? Right. That is, yeah. and I don't want to use the word natural because I don't believe in the world unnatural. There's no such thing. All of this is just things that come from Earth reshaped. Uh-huh. The only thing that could be unnatural would be like religion is unnatural. Right. God is unnatural. This microphone, there's nothing that, this microphone does not disobey the laws of nature. Everything that, if it's physical, it's natural. So it can't be unnatural unless it's something like a religion, something like God, Jesus, whatever it is. A make up. Right. Like, all this is natural. Uh, so um, I'm just curious, though, um, you know, speaking of fear, like, what would you, what would be your personal fear besides, you know, the instinctual or the non-logical, like... The oh, like, what am day, I afraid of? Yeah, like... Oh, so, like, the I... fear for you? Um, I have... Um, okay, so, like, my... 
a huge fear of mine is, for instance, great white sharks. Now I can't say that's because a, you're hold on, but I can't say I can't say that's an irrational fear because that's really fucking scary. Like, the Sharknado, there's no man. such. For instance, it will happen. There's a word arachnophobia, but there's no phobia for sharks or lions. I call it sharkophobia. There must but, be a. Phobia. There isn't because it's a real. It's a real. Like, See now, I have to look that up. Actually, scary. You know what I'm saying? But I did. Um, Years ago, I, I was in South Africa and I did a face your fear cage diving with great whites, and nice. it just showed me that they're way scarier than I thought they were. Wait, what? <laughs> you did? They you are say that so again? much. I went, did you go down in the cage? I went cage. They are so much scarier. And, and I scuba dive. Um, I've never seen. I've seen sharks scuba diving, and even a tiger shark and a bull shark, which are way more dangerous than great whites statistically. They just look like big fish, but they're they're more dangerous in terms of. Attacks and whatnot. Bull shark being the most dangerous statistically. But the great white has those, you know, black eyes like a doll's uh, eyes. Or those you, black know strange, like, you know, you know that? The... And then the screaming and the hollering. And, and there's just something about their eyes. It's like they're soulless. Yeah. Just oh, these, it's so scary. Yeah. It's so much scarier than I thought it would be. And it did not face my fears. I mean, I faced my fears, but like it didn't. It didn't help. You were that, like, you get, get me out of this in water and pool super good. I have to. Say, I don't go in the ocean. Okay, no, I'm just saying. Even well, that's where the great whites are. Since, I don't go in the ocean, and I won't. I can't lifeguard for my nieces and nephews. So since for instance, that like experience, my fa- or? My, no, 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 since way before that. So my um, family has a, a, a Long Island house that's on the water, mm-hmm. and so it's like you know your backyard's in a huge expanse of of, op- of open. It's a bay, but it's salt water, so mm-hmm. anything could go through. And not only can I not go in there because you can't see what's under you, is I can't even lifeguard for my nieces and nephews because it's, it's too... Really? It's too so you're very you much in touch with this kind of irrational fear. Right. Yeah. Like I can't... It's just... I, I'll admit that it's irrational. I'm not going to put my money down that my nieces and nephews are going to get eaten by sharks. <laughs> I'm just saying I can't be out there when they're doing that because it's just it's, it stresses me out. Like if you have a fear of heights, like I do, um, but not a crazy one. Yeah. But like... It's so much scarier for me to see a niece or nephew near the balcony oh, than yes. me. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. A million times scarier. Because yeah. I trust me. I don't trust them. Huh. Or, the, or the support that they're on. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we have exactly 15 seconds left. <laughs> so uh, so you can check out at time. Joseph Grazi. That's J-O-S-E-P-H-G-R-A-Z-I. <laughs> and I wanna, unless you have other questions, I want to thank you guys for having me. And this is a huge privilege because I'm kind of a painter. Oh, are we all? Uh, (laughs) Uh, You got to stop talking now. The bell has rung. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Bottom line images for you guys. Like you are one of, I would say, 10 artists I know that are the reason I'm painting now. And Uh, if any uh, of my painting, if any square inch of one of my paintings looks good, it's because of like you guys. Ah, thanks. Like Jeff. your thanks, Instagrams are my tutorials, <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, that's huge for me. Huh? Well, Joe, I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface. You never will. I feel like we could just go <laughs> on for days. So, um, they would have to bring us I food had, and martinis. Uh, I had my friend, uh, this artist Dan Lamb. No, uh, huge like Instagram following. I don't know how she got her thing or whatever it was. Dana Lamb. She's one of those people with like like half a million followers. Dan uh, or Dana. Dan. 
Okay. Um, and she um, does these really, it's just really cool art um, that I didn't understand at first, but then when I saw a lot of it, like, made sense. She was over a couple of months ago, and she came to my studio. Three hours she was there. We spoke about cats for three hours. <laughs> 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 that gives you, like, you make art, I make art, I get done. Let's talk about cats. And how, what we feed our cats, how we raise them. Like, this is my cat, I love my cat. <laughs> and it's just, you know, uh, Marshall and I art's our whole life. All we talk about, so there's always something, I don't want to say more interesting than art, but what propels you to be an artist is going to be more interesting than the art itself. Yeah. Usually, if you're an interesting artist. I think that's true. Yeah. And Absolutely. that's why I was so yeah. fascinated. Not all artists are interesting, and it's funny because I was with um, my brother. Can you that close? Oh, sure. I was with my brother just now, and um, he was like, oh, like, you know, are there awkward questions and stuff? I was like, no, well, I skimmed some of the questions, and like, the only awkwardness would be like I have – and this will be a separate podcast when we actually talk about art. But like views of <laughs> what's happened to the art world mostly because of Instagram, art fair, stuff like that. And it's like it's hard for me to be judgmental on the in the art world without um, getting personal because I know so many artists. Mm. Uh-huh. A, that I love and B, that I don't love. I love his people. But right. I'm saying like that like, are, are uncomfortable questions for me. With the camera on, obviously. Yeah. I'll talk oh, shit about oh, anybody. Next time back we should have the camera then. <laughs> well, but you could also not name names and everything. Even that would be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall is a real fucking artist, so like I'm not worried about it. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to the Art Grime podcast. And thank you, Joseph, for your interesting stories and candor. Ton, do we have any donors? Yes, we do. Uh, big shout out to Michelle Dahl. You can find her at michelledahl.com and also at her Instagram at Michelle Lynn Dahl. Thank you so much. We are able to get drunk easier now. <laughs> it's amazing, yeah, that we have uh, listeners and donors. Who would have ever thought? I'm real excited about that. Thanks, everyone. Um, also, we have shout outs for Joe. Um, you can find him on Instagram at Joseph Grazi. On Facebook, Joseph Wolf Grazi. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at Art Grind Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Uh, join the conversation there at the, uh, it's just Art Grind Podcast on Facebook. Um, there you can leave questions and comments, of course. Um, you can go to our website for information on the artist for show notes on the show images uh and also to to make a donation um so thanks everyone bye peace <laughs>